Welcome to the Bread and Circuses podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Sources podcast. I'm Rooster here with Crow. Hello. And uh, I want to talk about the movie everybody's talking about right now, the Black Panther movie. Oh, oh I mean the one uh, everyone was talking about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's still talking about it. it just just cracked eight eight hundred million. So they say it's going to be a billion dollar movie. And uh, I, we both saw it. We both talked a little about it. So I guess I wanted to talk about it here. I'm. Uh, I didn't think it was a bad movie. It. It just didn't really grab me. I think they say there've been what eighteen Marvel films now. It didn't seem like that many to me, but you know, I I'd rank this pretty low. It just I don't know. I I definitely the worst one I've seen is the first Thor one. That was just boring. It it, it had its moments. I, I mean, um, yeah, they didn't they didn't have that trademark Marvel humor at that on that movie for some reason. Yeah, it was a little too. Um, it's a little too stiff. And Natalie Portman just, you know, she's just, she wasn't good in the movie. She was like a nobody. They could have replaced her with a block of wood. It would have been fine. Yeah, and they didn't really let Chris Hemsworth be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, they, he, yeah, they didn't let him kind of use his full charisma yeah. on that one. My point was that was sort of, you know, I still, I still was not sorry I saw that one, but, you know, it wasn't great. And I, as big a Captain America fan as I am. I would have, I mean, I'd have watched any Captain America movie, but the first Captain America was, that wasn't great either. Yeah, and, just, well, I mean, it had some really good stuff in it. The first half of it was excellent, and then kind of lost steam a little bit. Yeah, they didn't choreograph the fight scenes well enough for you. Right? They didn't. <laughs> well, the the uh, the other one I would have ranked below was that uh, second Guardians of the Galaxy one. I just thought it was, it didn't have any of the first stuff. Nothing. Nothing was interesting, and uh, no, it, it um, what what made the first one fun was kind of the interaction between the the all the characters or the actors, and they made um, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, and the second one he was just far too angsty, yeah. too pissy, and it just it just didn't translate to funny. Yeah, well, those are the three I'd probably rank below it. Other than that, I can't think of any ones I'd put below that. I wouldn't put Guardians of the Galaxy 2 below it. I'd say it's probably on par with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I. What about Iron Man 3? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't it was anything like 1 or 2. No, but it had all kinds of cool action. Yeah. It was ridiculous, but it was fun, I thought. The the villain and the story were kind of stupid. But, yeah. but anyway, so everybody's talking about this movie. And, you know, I, Black Panther's never been a real... He doesn't. He's not an interesting character to me. Oh, he's he's always been kind of a B-list character. Yeah, I mean he's kind of up there with like uh, uh, Falcon and who else? Submariner. Uh, yeah, well, Submariner's kind of cool because he's yeah, sort he's, of both, he's still but, B-list. I mean, like Wasp and uh, before before uh, Paul Rudd did him, Ant Man. Yeah. I didn't care about Ant Man. Nope. But so you know the things I liked about this movie, I thought Michael B. Jordan was a great actor. I, I didn't necessarily like the bad guy, Killmonger, because he was just too over-the-top bad guy for me. Did you see, remember seeing The Patriot with uh, Mel Gibson? Yeah. The bad guy in there, the 
He's the... It was, like, gleefully... Yeah, evil, he's the basically. captain on, yeah. the, on the new Discovery series yep. for Star Trek. He just... He was too easy to just hate. There was nothing about him where you... Well, see, I think um, Killmonger wasn't... I think they did do a little bit of humanizing it, and he did have good motivation for what he was doing. So that's... I mean, that's fine. It wasn't just like, I'm evil, so I'm doing this. It was it was based on, you know, seeing what, what happened to his father... Um, we're not doing spoilers, so I guess well, it's, it's late look, enough we could do spoilers. Look, at this if point. you if you haven't seen it and we're pl- spoiler, we're spoiler, talking, spoiler, yeah, we're All talking right. about the movie, so yeah, so spoil away. Uh, so you know, see what happened to his father. Um, so he, he has a grudge against Wakanda, and uh, he also is you know the product of the uh, inner city, you know. Uh, Democratic, you know, dysfunction. Yeah, so, but I, I don't so he sees he sees you know all the, his friends and his family and they're being kept down and and uh, you know if, if they had what Wakanda has the the resources and the technology that Wakanda has um, you know his people quote unquote would be on top. Yeah, but I just I I mean people can say this is really dismissive, but I didn't see it like that. I saw it as taking it the next step. It was the Kill Whitey movie, you know. I mean that that was a subtext, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was if behind the scenes stuff that was going on is just like kind of what the behind the scenes stuff for the Ghostbusters reboot that was going on. They were trying they they were trying too hard to make it this um, cultural, um, just social justice, you know, um, watershed moment, and and not it's not it isn't it's a movie, um, but there were so much so such high hopes to to you know a lot of people thinking. That it was going to um, prove, I guess, that you know a black nation can be a powerful and successful nation. Well, uh, yeah, fantasy world, sure. At this point, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go in there and say, "Oh, this is so ridiculous; it just can't happen." Well, the part that made it ridiculous was the tech level of that country was just so far beyond. Yeah, and uh, and there's not going to be somebody in that country who thinks, "Man, if I get this out of here, I could make a ton of money." Well, that's what they had the the bad guy for. That's what Claw did. Yeah. Right, but, I mean, they never really say, but how many people do you think live in Wakanda? Yeah. Four or five million? Yeah. And somebody in and there, there will be dissidents. There will be people that, you know, are angry or in their lot in life. That's just human nature. I mean, it takes one person getting hold of one of those flowers. I mean, they... Getting it out. Well, they even made it a, a, like a utopia. They, they, they did have different tribes that had, you know, their special interests, which was good. You know, yeah. it wasn't every living kumbaya and harmony. But... You could tell they would never, they would never go against Wakanda. You know, yeah. so yeah, you know, it was kind of a utopian ideal on the society level and on the tech level, which is way over the top utopian. Well, I mean, I liked Michael B. Jordan. I thought I've always liked him. I thought he was way back. Even the first time I ever saw him was on a TV show, Parenthood. And he's see, was he was he in Chronicle? Do you remember? Did you watch Chronicle? It was that movie where the, the three kids three got kids those powers. Got the psychic powers. I didn't. Him. I didn't see. Was him. that him? Yeah. Okay, I liked him in that one too. That's the first Didn't time I ever saw him. Being the bad guy in that one, or something? no, no, he was actually like the good guy, and uh, and the bad guy was the the little Leo, Leonardo oh, DiCaprio yeah. ripoff kid. Okay, kind of looks like him. It's yeah, like he's, he was a good actor in that. He's been in some other stuff. He's really a good actor, and I love that. I love that scene in the beginning where where like uh, after they s- steal the vibranium and Claw goes, "What are you gonna tell me that mask is vibranium too?" And he's like, "No, nah, I'm just kind of feeling it." Yeah. <laughs> I just I thought he was. He he did really well. I mean, the role he played was as much as I didn't like the the villain, and I thought it just was too over the top. I 
I thought he did a great job acting. Yeah. You know, I thought the the part that made me think, you know, he was he went too far was the with his whole ideology was the uh, the love interest of uh, King. Shala. Yes, Shala. He says uh, she says, um, you know, we should should share this, you know, technology and. I don't think she was just saying, oh, just with black people. I think she was just saying people are oppressed all over the world yeah. and we could make this a better place. Yep. I, I kind of like that. And I think, in, and yeah, I get it. It's a comic book movie and it's comic, you know, everything's comic. But in real life, that's sort of what would happen. It, you'd have those two things. You'd have people trying to smuggle that technology out and you'd have people saying, we got to share this. And it's just this idea that this whole country could stay hidden forever and nobody would ever talk and say anything about it. It's just, it's BS. Well, and then there's the fact is they're not, they're not the only, you know, smart people with tech. There's Tony Stark, you yeah. know, there's, there's all kinds of intelligent people with high tech in the world, in the Marvel universe, in the Marvel world. Um, and they wouldn't be able to figure out that there's something hanky going on in the middle of Africa that yeah. somebody figured. I mean, I like I said, like you said, it's a it's a comic book movie. You don't have to overthink stuff like that. But that is the problem. Too many people are overthinking a lot of the social stuff, the social aspects too. Yeah, so, and expecting too much from it. Yeah. So I mean, I like Michael B. Jordan. I thought, uh, uh, who's the guy who plays Claw? Andy Serkis. God, he's amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, he, he did a great job in that. But I did not buy Martin Freeman as the uh, former fighter pilot. I mean, maybe as a CIA operative, CIA operative, but not the, not the fighter pilot. And they put him in that chair, and he's flying that plane remotely. He just looks so damn uncomfortable. He didn't do the. Not that everybody's got to be, you know, Tom Cruise and Top Gun, but he didn't look comfortable at all. It was. Well, you can uh, say that. Well, it's it's different tech than what he's used to, but. He looked more like uh, Bilbo Baggins huh. in that scene than he did, you know, whoever whoever he was supposed well, to have been. You know, he's supposed to be a CIA operative, and he's in when he, when they were in Cur South, South Korea, Korea, and he was in the the casino, and he was you know working alone basically there to do a, a trade off with Claw, yeah, as if he's like James Bond or something. That yeah. was kind of unbelievable, but. I, I like Martin Freeman. So but that was at least a part me. where I felt he carried himself well when yeah. he said, hey, look, I came here to make a deal and you, yeah. know, you need to get out of the way. But, you know, honestly, and it kind of pains me on some level to say this, you know what part I couldn't stand about the movie the most? What's her name? Uh, Denai Gira, who plays Michonne on The Walking Dead. Yeah. Love The Walking Dead. I, I don't mind her character on there. I've heard her in interviews, and I really like her when she talks about her characters. She just played Michonne in this. All she does is play the the angry sort of. Well, she was like stoic and uh, and uh, kind of militaristic and pissy. That was her. That was her her role. That's what she was supposed to be. So yeah, she but played it, it well. I mean, she's she's got the look. That's for sure. She got that pissy look. <laughs> I don't know. And the other thing that tainted it for me was when you told me that one reviewer said that. She's got to be the best fighter in the Marvel universe. It's yeah, there's a there's a YouTube uh, movie reviewer, Gracie. I can't remember the name of her YouTube channel, but it's a pretty big deal. And she's got a lot of insight into the industry and stuff. And she usually has a lot of cool things to say. But she's like, hands down, I think uh, Denai Guerrero's character was the best fighter in the MCU universe. And I'm like, yeah, no. Virtue signal much? <laughs> yeah, she's, no. I mean... She's a good fighter, but... Yeah. 
No, um, overall, it, it was it was the bottom third of Marvel movies. It had it had some good points like the uh, the, uh, the um, costuming and makeup and all that was really good. Gorilla King, both yeah. the character and the actor were fantastic. Yep, he did a great job, um, and the fight scenes were subpar. I thought all of them, everything, even the the Hong Kong or not Hong Kong, the South Korea um, chase um, car chase scene. It was way too CGI. There was a couple of cool. Oh, that was kind of a cool scene, followed by a oh, roll your eyes CGI scene, and then the one on one fights with Black Panther. They, I don't know what they were thinking. Like the first one they did was him in in a jungle fighting um, like slave traders, I guess. And yeah, it was at night. He wears all black, and everybody was dark, and everything's. You don't know what the hell's going on. Half of it is CGI. It's moving really fast, and you're like, "What just happened?" She's like, "Nothing about that." It's like, "Whoa, I can't wait to see that again. I want to watch that fight scene." No, I was like, "Uh, couldn't even fucking figure out what's going on." Then the next time he had a one-on-one fight or a big fight scene was him and Killmonger. Um, well, I shouldn't say the next time. There was the one where they were outside um, when he was challenging him for the title. Yeah, which was dull. It, what that one wasn't like a bunch of jump cuts, but it was boring. And then the uh, the final scene where they're both fighting and their costumes and they're in a big cave. It's a dark scene again. A lot of CGI and a lot of quick movements and nothing really exciting or cool about it. Well, Killmonger even says at the one point he goes, "Oh, that was a good move." The one like got him, and I'm like, "I didn't." I didn't you're like, "What? He threw something up in the air?" I, I don't. It was like, "Yeah, that's a big yeah. deal." So yeah, like Captain America, the first Captain America movie, I kind of have felt the same way the Captain America movie the fight scenes just kind of were lacking anything to go wow that was cool whereas Captain America Winter Soldier was just every fight scene and that was like wow I couldn't wait to watch that again yeah that's one of the better ones so that whole thing when uh, they came to get Bucky mm-hmm. and he and Bucky are fighting in the in the apartment against all the guys oh, yeah but yeah you mentioned it the other day that fight scene in the elevator it's the best <laughs> fight scene yeah I mean, well the first so many different reasons the scene where he the first where he gets onto the the um, ocean liner uh, take out the terrorists. That whole scene was great too. Yeah, yeah the way he it uses was, his shield and it was good, but it didn't the, really jump out at me. The, like the, the way they, dir- I thought the directing was great, where they did like the long shot of him running along the um, the outer um, deck and just going along and throwing a shield and hit people and punching people. I just thought it was really well done. Just like wow, when I first saw it, I was like this is gonna be an awesome movie, and it was. Yeah, so, it, the it fight was, with Bartrock or whatever on yeah. the ship that was good. Where he's like, uh, "All right, threw down the shield, took out the helmet." He's like, "Let's do this. I'll show you." <laughs> well, like, they even went and got a guy who could fight. Yeah, a real fighter. Yeah, I mean, what? Who's that uh, MMA fighter? Who yeah, Bartrock. Um, God, I can't remember. Uh, no. Yeah, well, he's a he's a M- UFC champion. Yeah, he goes by the he's the French Canadian guy. He goes by the three. Uh, it's like JPL or whatever. I can't yeah. remember. I can't, yeah, I'm totally spaced on his name. But no, that, so they went out and they got a real fighter for it. Yep. You know, whereas, I don't know, these scenes were just kind of dumb. And but the, the, other, hype, the hype was ridiculous because here, here's the thing. And, and I, I went in and into it realizing it was overhyped. I mean, there's, it couldn't live up to the hype. Yeah. And I went in not expecting, you know, a good movie or a great movie. I expected to be entertained. And that's pretty much what I got. Entertain, a movie that entertained me. Yeah. That I'll probably not want to see again. Yeah, I wouldn't see it again. So. I mean, it's just like the other ones I mentioned, even if, uh, you know, if Thor and, uh, well, I'd probably watch the Captain America movie again because I just love Captain America. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I, if Thor came on or Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah. I just, I, when I was sitting there bored on a Sunday, I probably wouldn't even watch but it. But there's a lot of people out there um, that are talking about, well, the only reason you don't like it is because it's all black. And uh, and you just, you know, you're, you're not... Uh, 
you know, your white privilege keeps you from enjoying it. And, you know, I don't blah, know. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, it's not. I, here's the thing, and, and people brought this up before, many people. The Blade movies back in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes, Blade. Awesome. Love those movies. Couldn't wait to go see the next one when Part 2 and Part 3 came out. Um, and thought it was great. And it wasn't, you know, oh, well, I couldn't identify with him because he's a black man. That didn't have anything to do with it. He's a cool character, a cool actor. It was great fight scenes, cool bad guys. So it, it never even, and that's what's funny about it back then. It was nobody even thought about um, um, the, the, the fact that he was black and um, the majority of the audience is going to be white and are they going to accept this? It's like, yeah, it's, it's a cool character. People are going to like it. So, But nowadays it's so hyper, the, the racial thing, a racial undertones of everything is so hyper, you know, um, just sensitive nowadays. It's just so strange. Well, I mean, and it's, people just forget this whole de- idea that, you know, it's when people say, well, I don't see color, and they go, oh, BS. Yeah, you do. Well, no, sometimes you don't. I mean, you go to the movie theater, um, and you see that situation where people say, well, you don't like the movie because I was an all-black cast. No, I didn't like the movie because it wasn't that good, you know. But if you go to, the, if you go to like, uh, theater, you know, uh, an actual theatrical performance, they, we've had mixed-race people in those forever and no one really pays any attention to that I mean the whole cast of Hamilton I was just going to say look they? at Hamilton well and everybody's talking about what an amazing play it is you know nobody's going well geez Hamilton was a white guy and and uh, I remember there was a movie uh, with Denzel Washington and Kenneth Branagh it was a re- it was a um, movie interpretation of Much Ado About Nothing by Shakespeare and I believe in the movie that Denzel Washington and Kenneth Branagh are brothers you know you don't think about it. They're just fantastic actors. Yeah. You know, and so this idea that you don't like a movie based on the color of the actors, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. There was one thing that got to me that was probably, I don't know, I don't know if it's racial or it's cultural, but there was a character in the movie that had a, a, a lip plate. Oh, just like yeah. an African lip, like where they stretch their lip. Yeah. And uh, it was like ostentatious because it was like bright green and like he'd either wear like a green african tribal outfit or he'd wear like a green suit and it's every time he was on screen it was so distracting i couldn't help but thinking god they look stupid yeah but and then he talking here like clanking against his teeth like, yeah, the f-? it's just like seeing somebody with ear gauges though yeah it's like super see, distracting I, I can't stand ear gauges so it is a cult that's cultural that's not like a racial thing i mean yeah, yeah well it's tied to i mean black people are the people with lip plates in Africa. It's not right. there's no white people with lip plates in Africa or in European countries. So it is tied to race, but it's not racially. The reason that's not it's distracting is not because it's a black man on the screen with a a different affectation. It's because that lip plate is just it's just uh, it's just beyond strange to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember Michael Crichton had this book uh, called Travels where he talks about all these things that have happened in his life. And he's in Africa and he's talking to this woman through an interpreter who's the same kind of thing. She's got the lip plates and, you know, the nose piercings and spacers in her ears and, you know, all sorts of other piercings in her face and stuff. And he goes, I realize I'm standing there looking at this woman thinking, my God, she's hideous. I'm paraphrasing here. And he said, and she's probably thinking the exact same thing about me because to them, that's like beautiful. That's what you do, you know? And uh, so it's not... It's not like you saw you say, "Oh yeah, I was a black guy with a lip plate, so I found it disgusting." No, I find it disgusting. I mean, if I go to a restaurant and you know the person, the person uh, 
waiting on us has silver dollar size uh, ear gauges. I don't care what race they are. I just think it's stupid. I think it's kind of disgusting. So I was in the Microsoft store the other day. There's a guy that had them. They were easily, uh, they were close to baseball sized in his ear. They were just huge. And the, what, what's off-putting about the lip thing and the ear thing is that your base, it's, 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 you, it's you mutilating yourself. And so that, that's just, it's just something in, instinctively where you go, ooh, gross, because it's mutilation. Well, no, but it's, it's cultural. It's pretty, no, it's, 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 it's an act of mutilation. Well, but fine. You want to mutilate yourself. That's fine. Yeah, I don't, but that's I don't why you it. instinctively go, oh, you recoil because I, I don't get it. Why mutilate yourself? Right. But regardless, our point is that it doesn't become a racial thing. It's that no. you see anybody like that, and you're like, ooh. But the two, th- the other two things that really stuck out in this movie that bothered me is the sister, who's the super genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because she's black. It's not because she's a woman. It's like she's, what, 18 yeah, in the she movie? she seems pretty young. She's 18. Probably and, 20. And she knows everything. Like, they, also, they almost kind of imply that most of the tech in Wakanda is there because of her, which it couldn't have been built in the time anyway, you know, in her lifetime. But she never has to demonstrate in the movie that she's smart, you know. Well, in contrary, she demonstrated at one point that she's stupid to me. Oh, because she was using the. She used those stupid gauntlets that shot the sonic things at the at Killmonger. Yeah, on the that, suit she created that absorbs that kinetic absorbed, energy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what did what did you expect? That was just dumb. I'm like, why do you have these things? At least the other girl had a blade. Yeah, show me you're smart. Yeah, I mean, they're sh- if they're going to build her up to be some genius. At some point in it, she should say, whoa, 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 wait a second. You know, it's like a great example is Jeff Goldblum's character in Independence Day. You know, they tell you the whole time, oh, he's this computer genius, he does all this stuff. At some point in the movie, he has he demonstrates, you know, hey, let's upload this virus. He shows how he figures out the timer is ticking down. It's, you don't just have to accept that he's a smart yeah. guy. Um, and then the other thing that really kind of bugged me about the whole thing is, I think it's great that Forrest Whitaker was in the movie because he's a fantastic actor, but God, I felt like they didn't let him act in this movie. Uh, the thing about Forrest Whitaker is Forrest Whitaker is one of those actors that is Forrest Whitaker. He's a, he doesn't become another character, I don't think. Oh, I do. I, I think oh, he's, he's always the same guy. He was in um, just all kinds of TV shows and all kinds of movies where it's just he's playing Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. No, I, I think he's a great actor. I mean, he's he's good. It's like it's like any really great actor that you can't differentiate him anymore from the role because either he's too big or it's just that's how he does his role, and he's you know charismatic and he's good at it. But he's got one he's got one gear. <laughs> nah, if you see him, in, I just watched Good Morning Vietnam again the other day, and he's he's playing that awkward sort of shuffling guy in that. Well, maybe okay, that was a while ago though. Uh, I'm, right, I'm talking in the last five ten years. Well, maybe Whitaker's been Whitaker. But I don't think Last King of Scotland was anything like he's done before. Uh, you know what? I never saw that one. Yeah, I, I can't speak I didn't see the that. whole movie. I saw okay. parts of it. But he's, he played a pretty good Idi Amin. So, I don't know. I just thought, you're going to put an actor like that in a movie like that. Like, let him do something. I just... He didn't... I mean, that, that role... He didn't do it much. It could have been... Uh, Morgan Freeman could have been that character. It wouldn't have been any different. Yeah. I mean, all they had to... It, it really seemed like all they had to do when that in that job was be black and die. Yeah. You know? Well, and have, have a gravity, like gravitas. Yeah. You speak. That's about it. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Um, well, hey, I know we, I know we talked about this before. I'm shifting gears here, but I want to get back on this because 
it got into it with some people on uh, on Facebook about the whole gun thing. And uh, I'm watching these arguments they're making. And I called somebody's argument dogmatic. And he said, well, you have to prove to me why it's not. And I said, no, I don't because I'm just not doing this. I'm not, I'm not getting into these arguments on Facebook because people just jump in and they shout each other down. But, um, but you know, people on both sides you just throw these numbers out and things and nobody's citing anything and you give them evidence and they say well no the source is bad for that no but no matter what happens nobody believes anybody else and everybody thinks everybody else's point is bullshit but the one thing that keeps coming up in this is yeah everybody says hey we don't need to nobody's talking about banning guns and that's bs because there are politicians like diane feinstein who's saying hey if i had the votes i'd ban them which is what and ironically, she's a conceal and carry person too, because you know she needs it. But um, which is which is also stupid. But there's two arguments here that really throw me off. One is this idea that a good guy with a gun doesn't stop a bad guy with a gun. And my question is then, well, what about cops? Because who do we call when something like this happens? Even in the worst neighborhoods in the country, uh, that you know, shout about the institutional racism and all that stuff. What do they do when bad things happen? They call the cops. And do the cops have any authority in the worst possible case without a gun? They just, they don't, right? I mean, they're not going to get anything, anybody to do anything without the threat of that violence. Well, look at uh, a good example is some of the police in Sweden. Um, you've got, there's a, a good video of I think it's three or four um, female police officers. They yeah. don't have guns. And they just getting um, the crap They got one them. guy that they're trying to subdue. That's basically just kicking the shit out of all of them. And then there was another guy who showed up to showed help them. Out and, yeah. And so, yeah, the, you got to, you know, it's not supposed to be a fair fight. It's supposed to be overwhelming force. Oh, another problem, though, is uh, that police officers aren't, they're, they're not um, obligated to step in and put their lives on the line to protect anybody. Yeah, I get that, but my, you know, not going any farther than my okay. initial point, which is just, you know, they say it's it's a it's a good guy, a good guy with a gun does not stop a bad guy. Well, what happens if it takes all, take all the guns away from the cops? But then that goes in the next thing where they say, no, 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 I'm not talking about the cops, and that leads me to my second argument that I don't understand is we're saying. You know, a lot of people on the left are saying, you know, Trump is basically Hitler. <laughs> that was, Trump is literally Hitler. He's literally. Literally. Yeah, literally. Um, and I, I'm not a Trump fan. I, no. But I'm not here to defend the guy. But uh, this idea that he, if he's Hitler and the cops are racist and the system is an institutionally racist system, why are those, why are you wanting those to be the only people who have guns. Because those are the people who are going to have them if you take them away. And again, everybody's saying, no, 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 we're not talking about taking them away. No, that's what you are talking about. Because you can limit them and limit them and limit them to the point where you finally say, yeah, nobody gets them. You know? Yeah. And that's... Well, and the problem is, number one, we we have uh, we have the right to bear arms. It's an una- unalienable right to, to bear arms. So... Let's knock it off with the with ban and guns business. I just I'm, I'm tired of it. There's other answers to to uh, to help tie the school shooting problem. Yeah, and the, the guns are never going to go away. No, but you look at countries like you know um, 
Canada or uh, uh, Australia, where they did Australia did a very you know a, a gun ban after school shooting. They ended up doing a pretty strict gun ban. And uh, if you look at the stats, I'll I'll probably try to find uh, the links and put them on the uh, the show notes. But the home invasions went way up. Yeah, but they had a low. They had a low crime rate before that. I yeah, see. it's kind of hard to. It's I not apples to apples comparisons, but but that's one thing that that would be something that would happen is if if people, if criminals know that you know nobody has firearms, um, it will embolden them to do things like home invasions or get together with three or four young young people and go against you know go you know attack and rob people because they they don't have to worry about that equalizer that gun. Yeah. One, you know, they never talk about, you know, a uh, couple things on that. Australia, they said, well, they had that mass shooting. They took all the guns, and now they don't have mass shootings. From what I understand, they didn't have mass shootings before it either, you know? Well, that was a response to a mass shooting. Right, but they hadn't had mass shootings before that. Yeah. And then you have, uh, you know, Sweden, which, or Norway it was, where they had the one... The one that went Got to the island. 77 people. Yeah, he ended up going into onto taking a boat to an island. But he had a fully automatic weapon. Did in he? a country, yeah, fully automatic. Okay. In a country not uh, fully semi-automatic. <laughs> by the way, if you don't know the difference between fully automatic and semi-automatic, shut the fuck up yeah, about at, guns. At this point, it doesn't take much to educate yourself. It's willful ignorance at this point. Yeah, it is. Or or cognitive disability. No, no, nobody can be that stupid. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah. You know, I, I remember seeing, uh, uh, we may have talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. This former Democratic Congresswoman from uh, Maryland, I can't remember her name, but she was on um, she was on Fox News Sunday. And she and Kimberly Strassel got into it. Uh, Strassel's a reporter for the Washington Post. Or, no, I think it's New York, New York Times. And I can't remember. Strasser. She, uh, this congresswoman says, you know, we don't need people using automatic weapons. And she said, wait, 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 wait. Nobody's using an automatic weapon. You can't buy automatic weapons. And she said, well, you know, they, they make these guns into automatic weapons. You can't do that either. You can't turn an AR-15 into a fully automatic weapon. And people can say, well, you can put a bump stock on it and all that. Bump stocks have been used in one shooting. And the reason that bump stock got used in that shooting was it was ideal for that situation. If you go into that school and start shooting people up in close quarters with a bump stock, you're not going to hit anything. Yeah. If you're firing from a long way away into a crowd of thousands of people, yeah, bump stock's exceptional for that kind of thing. But so that congresswoman or former congresswoman was being, she's not that stupid. She's not. She was being, she's using those terms willfully. You know, saying automatic weapons and right. you know, people don't know. So if you don't if you don't know the difference between semi-automatic and fully automatic, and whether or not which is legal and what those guns are, then you gotta shut up because you don't know the most basic things about guns. Well, they go, we don't need these military-style weapons on the street. You know, it's like, well, what exactly are you saying? Just because they look scary? Is that what you're talking about? Because they aren't military-style. They're not full auto. That's what a military weapon is. Yeah. Well, and, and they have a selector switch, too. I mean, uh, like the M4, yeah. which is the closest. Single three-run burst and full auto. Yeah. Yeah. And full auto is not an effective way to shoot. It just isn't. No. I mean. In war, it's it's for cover. It's for. Yeah. Um, to, you know, keep people from popping their heads up while you advance or while you move your positions. That's pretty much all that's for. Yeah, I think most, most of the time when people use those 
you know, those guns in war situations, they're using three-round burst kind of fire. Yeah. I mean, but it's stupid. And then, you, you know, you look at the size of the bullets, and they say, oh, you know, we have these terrible killer bullets in them. Uh, the 223 is one of the smaller bullets there is out there. It's basically a 22 with more charge to it. Yeah. It is not a big bullet. You know, a 9mm pistol, a 45 caliber pistol, very, very kind of a 38, they're all bigger slugs than that. And uh, people just freak out about this stuff because they don't know anything about them. And, you know, you can get a, uh, a Ruger Mini rifle, fires two, two, three. It's the same thing. You have interchangeable magazines because it's made of wood and looks like a twenty two. and nobody says anything. Right. That's It's just dumb. But this idea that um, that that if you if we magically make all the guns go away, that the government's going to protect you all the time, the... Like you said earlier, the Supreme Court's already decided that it's not the cop's job to protect you. You know, they're not there to make sure you don't... If you get... Something bad happens to you because the cops didn't get there in time. You can't sue the police. It's not their obligation. I don't care if the car says protect and serve on it. That's just, you know, it's just a slogan. It's it's not their legal obligation to do it. I mean, if they, if they witness a shooting and bad things happening, they don't do anything about it. That's different, but... Yeah. I guess from what I understand here lately, um, no, they don't have an obligation to, to interject themselves if it, if it seems like they're going to put themselves in harm's way. Right. But even even legally, if that's not the case, morally, it's yeah. a different case. Yeah. I mean, most police officers, most. But that, they're not required to be at your house no. protecting you all the time. There's, what, 700,000 cops available at any given time? I mean, it's, it's nuts to think they're all going to be there and help you all the time, but... But even if they can, so now you've basically given your protection over to someone else who you just got done saying uh, are racist in an institutionally racist system and it's run by Hitler. I don't, I don't get that. This whole idea that I think what it really boils down to is the difference between Republicans and Democrats. I'm not talking liberals and conservatives because there's a lot of classic liberals I like a lot. Um, but this progressivism stuff is that the government should fix your problems and that I just I find that just a detestable idea not that I don't have problems with conservatives too but just this idea that you have to give over your your responsibility to protect yourself to someone else you know and it's easy for people it's easy for people who live in large urban areas to say well if somebody breaks in your house just call the cops great you know and the town I live in, the cops will be there in three to five minutes. Well, even in a large city, I mean, uh, France is a good example. The, the gun laws in France are really strict. Uh, but you had what happened at the Charlie Hebdo um, offices. Um, terrorists with fully automatic weapons came in and shot everybody up. Uh, the Bataclan nightclub, which is in France, that, yeah. was, that was a massacre that was done with illegal, fully automatic weapons. And and it was a massacre. It was a slaughter. Nobody could defend themselves. Did they have a sign though? Did they did they have a sign that said it was a gun-free zone? The whole country is a gun-free zone sign. But you, they still get fully automatic weapons. There's there's more fully automatic weapons floating around um, there than there is here. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know about that for sure. But I mean, as they're a person, being used in in, in, in terrorist and terrorism and crimes, not here. They're not. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, maybe on a per capita basis. I don't I don't know about just the sheer number of fully yeah, automatic well, weapons, yeah, but they are being used yeah, more. Yeah, being though. used, yes. Yeah, but my, my point in all this is, if you're going to give up 
your protection to somebody else. That's fine if you live in, in a large urban area where if you're laying up in bed and somebody kicks in your front door and you call the police, that the police are in there in three to five minutes and that's enough time. And in a lot of places, it is. But if you live 15 miles out of town, I mean, yeah. they're not going to get there. There's well, places where it takes the cops. I mean, there's places where the, you know, not out, not even out in the country, but where if you call the police, you're talking 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour, yeah. you know, and you have to have a right for those people to protect themselves. And people say, what the hell do you need an AR-15 for, for it? Why don't you just get... Why don't you just get a shotgun and go out in your backyard and fire off around? I mean, if you're going to defend your home really well against somebody, yeah, a shotgun's a pretty good weapon. But, uh, you know, if two or three people are coming in your house... Well, and you've got situations like the uh, the riots in California where there was uh, shop owners that were yeah, up on Korean the roof holding off um, rioters and looters, you know, a, a dozens of them at a time with their... Their um, AR-15s and, and you know, semi-automatic rifles. Uh, you don't think they felt like they needed to have a high high capacity magazine for that situation? Or what if what if everything's true that you say and those guns just looked scary? What if they just looked scary, and people didn't go after those shop owners because of it? There you go. There you go. You know. Well, here's the thing. Another thing that's been going on lately is this demonization demonization of the NRA and uh, members of the NRA and um, that they're the problem and, and whatnot. It's like, uh, no, they're not. Uh, if you look at uh, NRA magazine, it comes out every month, they have at the back of it, they have uh, um, reports of, of law-abiding citizens protecting themselves with guns. Yeah, but that's propaganda, right? Oh, it's all, it's all, yeah, it's it's all, all, it's all fake, yeah, according to you everybody know, else. I personally, and this is totally anecdotal, but I personally know of people couple of them who've protected themselves from people who are going to do them harm because they had a firearm on them. And, you know, the anti-gunners will say, yeah, but that doesn't happen that often. Well, the difference is somebody goes into a school and shoots it up. That's a news story. There's a crime. Somebody protects themselves from being mugged. That never gets registered as anything because you don't call up the yeah, cops. Yeah, there's no shots fired if they you just, don't call if up you the just cops scare them and say, off. Yeah. I just scared these people well, off the cops. Why would you do say, that? Good for you. You know, and you don't want to put yourself in a situation of, of having maybe um, broken a law that you didn't realize when you did that. So you're like, uh, maybe we'll just let bygones at this point. Yeah. Scared them off. I'm alive. I have my stuff done. We're not going to do anything else. But let's. Uh, the, I have another thought that I, before I forget, per capita, back in the 50s and 60, 60s, there was more gun ownership per capita than there is today. And there was not school shootings back in the 50s and 60s. So something else other than guns is is something we have to focus on. It's not it's not the guns we need to focus on because it wasn't happening when we had more guns per capita um, in the 50s and 60s. So something socially is, is what the problem is that we need to focus on. Well, even more so. I just heard, uh, heard this interview with, uh, I've seen the guy before and I can't remember his name. He's a PhD historian. He's been on the Discovery Channel and... Uh, a lot of these shows about what the Wild West was really like, and uh, he's a historian, and uh, really good. He's got sort of this gruff voice, this big, you know, handlebar mustache. He looks kind of like Wyatt Earp, but he's uh, written a bunch of books on this and saying, what well, the Wild West really wasn't wild. There wasn't 
there weren't shootouts in the streets all the time. And uh, cites all the statistics and everything. And he says, listen, if you weren't, if you were uh, where most of any bad stuff in the West happened was late at night in saloons with young 20 and 30 year old men who were all armed and had been drinking. Outside of that, almost nothing. And there was just this sense that you didn't, you know, you, you didn't, that was a tool and it was dangerous and you didn't screw around with it. But I mean, you could even be, you, you want to talk about living in a strict society. In a lot of cases, you could be fined for cursing in front of women. You know, I mean, there was, there was just, and no, I'm not saying we need to go back to that, but uh, there was just more of a sense of decorum and appreciation of other people. And now it's everybody's, it's all about me. I mean, think about that guy in Wisconsin, the, the Hmong guy who shot all those hunters, I mean, six or seven or eight of them, 10 years ago yeah. or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, it came down to it, and they said, why did you shoot all those people? And in his testimony, he says, they disrespected me, you know? Now, these are people who went out to a to a blind where he's hunting on their land, and he's in their blind, and he says, he says uh, you know, they say, hey, you need to get out of here. None of those people are armed, right? This guy's got an AR-15. And they're telling him, get the hell out of here, and... I, yeah, you know, he was there illegally. He, he I know people from I know people from that part of the state, and I'm sure there was a lot of uselaneyed bastards. Oh yeah, some salty language. I'm sure there was a ton of that. But people are saying, why did they say that to somebody who was holding a gun? These are people, hunters, grew up with guns their whole lives. I'll bet you they never thought for one second, well, this guy's going to shoot us because they're just always around guns. Yeah, and insults don't don't lead to. Um, exchanging of fire. It just doesn't happen with, with uh, in that culture of people that are used to having guns around and, and treat them like tools and, and understand how deadly they are. They're not toys. Yeah. And so they, they wouldn't even consider um, using that gun in an escalation sense. It's like, it'd be like pulling a knife. They wouldn't pull a knife to you know, start waving it around. Yeah, so yeah, there were a lot of them, but none of them were armed. And he's sitting there with a gun and he thought he was entitled to shoot them. Mm -hmm. You know? And from his family, after he gets found guilty, excuse me, they say, they say, well, there should have been uh, more Hmong on the, uh, on the uh, jury so he'd know what they were going through. Well, there's less than 1% of Hmong people in that part of the country. So if there had been... And one, also the, 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 the trial's not taking place in um, uh, Vietnam or whatever, Korea, where's Hmong from? The, how think, insensitive of me. Yeah. How, how dare I not know? I think the Hmong... I mean, this is the perfect example of, of, of the patriarchy yeah, and, you, and the uh, white white uh, supremacy of the, the nation. I don't even know where... It's your privilege. It's my privilege. How, you know what? I'm literally Hitler. <laughs> well, when you kill six million Jews, then I'll... Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, um, but it's, I it's, think the Hmong are... I think the Hmongs were allies of ours in Laos right. during the Vietnam War. Yeah, I think it's and a lot of them got relocated to Minnesota, Wisconsin. That yeah, because they didn't really have a homeland. Yeah, right. But yeah, but it's not. That's my point. Was it's not we're we're not in Cambodia or uh, or Vietnam or anything, and so we're we're in America and American laws and American uh, values and standards is what we're going by. We're not going by another culture. So what you don't understand the culture, it doesn't matter at this yeah, point. It's what you understand the culture here, right? You know. And here it is, you can't just shoot people. 
Right. And he did. But, I mean, he flat out said they disrespected me. So he shot him. And uh, in that case, it's not the damn gun. Yeah. You know, when people say, hey, if he doesn't have he doesn't have the gun, he doesn't do it. Well, yeah, I hate that argument if you can't get killed by a gun that doesn't exist. You're right. There's in, in the hands of certain people, knives are just as deadly. There, There's been rampages in China where um, scores of people have been murdered by one guy with a knife or a yeah. machete or whatever um, bladed weapon. Um, it's just, it's just if their intent is to cause mayhem, and and they'll find this. I think the one I'm thinking of, I don't have the specifics of it, but he actually killed a bunch of kids, I believe. Well, I mean, even looking like, I don't want to get too far off of this situation, in Wisconsin, but the the whole thing in Rwanda. I mean, it was basically oh the, the Tutsis and the Hutus. I can't remember which side is Tutsis, because yeah, you know my privilege again. Right. I don't have to know, but uh, uh, no, they. I mean, one side basically hacked the other one to death. Yeah. I mean, brutally. Yeah. They didn't need guns bet, to do I'll that. I'll bet the uh, the ones that were getting hacked up wish they had uh, yeah. firepower. But they did. So. Yeah, so to protect themselves and their family. Well, another thing about having guns is their story. Like I was talking about, I didn't get into this too much, but the stories in the NRA has compiled of people using weapons to protect themselves. A lot of this is um, a single or women who are alone or protecting their family. Or elderly people, people that have, would have no chance to protect themselves. The police would not show up in time if somebody kicks in their door um, and comes in to cause harm or, or you know, um, beat them or whatever they're going to do. And these people have used guns successfully to, to protect themselves. And how dare you try to take that away from them? Uh, I agree. I, I just want to make one more point on this, on this uh, hunter in Wisconsin who shot these people. They say, you know, well... If he'd had the air, if he wouldn't have had the air fifteen, this wouldn't have happened. Look, he was already hunting illegally. He was trespassing on someone else's land. He knew it. So what's to say he wouldn't have had? I mean, I don't know if he bought that gun legal or not. Let me assume. Let me assume he did. But if he, if it was illegal to have that gun, he's already breaking the law, trespassing. Yeah. So, unless but, at this point, the the whole ban the guns thing is getting. Beyond well, ridiculous. It's, it's never going to happen. It's well, just it, stupid. It, it never was going to happen. It never is going to happen. And now that we have 3D printing technology left and right, I mean, it's just a matter of time before you can print a full auto. <laughs> well, pretty soon we'll just have murder bots. You know, yeah. murder robots. But, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, the point you were bringing up, I think, is a valid one. And it's, you know, it really is this thing about what guns really are. Guns are protection. And people say, oh, they're meant to kill. Yes, they absolutely are. They're meant to kill people. They're meant to be a threat. Or animals. Or, that I can yeah. kill you. If you're going to do something to me, um, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, think about the, you know, a woman who leaves her husband who's been kicking the shit out of her and her kids for five or 10 or 15 years and she decides to leave. She goes to the cops and says, I need to get a restraining order. And they say, all right, fill out this paperwork and da da da, we'll make that happen. Um, but that's all they can do. They can't do anything to her or for her until she has a restraining order and he gets inside that space. And even then, they got to catch him. And even then, they don't do anything. Right. And I read some stat somewhere. I'm pulling this off the top of my head, and I can't remember where it was, so I can't cite it. But probably easy enough to Google that a lot of this violence happens after a restraining order is in place. That almost like the husband says or the boyfriend says, oh, yeah? Well, watch this. And I think if a woman can go to a store and get a gun so that if the guy shows up, breaks into the house and intends to do her harm, or in many cases kill her, you know, she should be allowed to have that weapon. 
And that's where these 30-day cooling periods just, you know. Well, then also the the, the um, limited ammunition, too, saying, well, your gun should only have five rounds in it. You know, you should have, like I said last time, we should have, have a bolt, wind it up bolt action it. revolver. <laughs> you but should wind it up. There are situations where uh, a woman had a revolver. She was protecting her kids from someone who broke into her house. They had hidden in the closet. She had a revolver. She shot the guy five times. Didn't kill him. Yeah. Um, he ended up running off, which is great. But what if there had been two, three guys? Well, most people who get shot don't die. Yeah. That's the thing people don't get. Most of the time people get shot, they live. But if you know? she would unloaded on this guy and he had a friend with him, that situation could have been a lot different. Yeah. So, yeah, don't tell me, oh, there's a certain amount of ammo that that uh, is, is reasonable. F you. Well, the last thing that drove me nuts in this... Uh, Facebook thing. I got into this with these people and it's all these people, you know, it's like they show up with, all of a sudden everybody starts jumping in on the point, even though you're trying to have a discussion with somebody and you know, one of the guys kept saying, he goes there's no there's no statistics that uh, no credible studies ever that show that people have protected themselves with guns and you know, Larry Correa's article from 2012 where he yeah. points out, the Brady Institute yeah. I mean, fucking Brady Institute who's a gun grabbing group if there ever was one Says I'll link his article in our notes, too. It's yeah, and it says right in there, the Brady article says, hey, worst case scenario, there's probably at least 100,000 people that have stopped crimes. Well, that's three times the amount of people who get killed. And by crimes, I mean they they were in, in danger of seriously serious bodily harm. That's three times the amount of people who have been killed by firearms. And two-thirds of those people, are be, they kill themselves killed themselves. I mean, how is that a gun owner's problem if somebody's going to take themselves deep with a gun? I mean, it's not. If you're going to start counting those statistics, you know, that's crazy. And if if you're going to do this saves one life thing, let's ban the cars. I don't want to hear this bullshit about well cars are transportation and guns are for murdering. I'm just talking about how many kill people. And let's get rid of alcohol because that right. kills far and away way more people but wait we tried that once and that was a shit show that's yeah exactly i think banning guns is going to get rid of guns when banning alcohol that seemed to did that i can't recall did that work (laughs) you know what and it's and this is the the left will scream about this you know they do that thing where they say oh it's easier to buy it's hard it's easier to buy a gun than it is to buy cough syrup bullshit try it that's all i have to say go into target and try and buy cough syrup Go into a gun shop, try and buy a gun. It's harder to buy a gun. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't, but that's like that reporter from Chicago said, I was going to buy a, was he going to, was going to buy some gun? And he said, yeah, it's easy. And it turns out his background check came up because he, he had drug abuse or domestic violence in it or something. Yeah, they declined it. He couldn't get a gun. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's just stupid. But, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do the save one life thing, then you got to include that stuff. Yeah. And it's not. Get rid worked. of pools. Yeah, all that stuff, everything that every you know, it's it's just stupid. It's it's a dumb argument. It's never gonna happen. But anyway, well, should we wind it up there? You got anything else you want to throw in? You can email us. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast dot com, and then crow is crow at breadandcircusespodcast dot com. All right. Once again, uh, this is uh, Rooster here with Crow, and uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you next time. 